ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Yo, yo, beautiful people. How's it going? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. Really great to be back bringing you a podcast conversation this week. Had a little break last week, as you know. Headed up Scotland to do some wild camping and bushcraft. Really was cool just sort of resetting myself and getting away from the fast-paced Monday world. At times, as you know, it really does take a toll on your mind, body and your spirit. And it really was great just immersing myself in nature, looking at the stars every night. And just sort of getting back to basics and just immersing myself away from the fast-paced moving world. So I'm sure you can all relate to that. So anyway, this week on the podcast conversation, I bring to you a really powerful conversation. This was recorded from my time at the Breaking Convention. It's with a really interesting lady called Dr. Gail Bradbrook. She is the co-founder of the international social movement, the Extinction Rebellion. And if you don't know what that is, the Extinction Rebellion, it's basically based on the idea of telling the truth about the ecological crisis and asking people to act accordingly. It's basically a resistance to compel the government into action on climate change, biodiversity loss and the risk of social and ecological collapse. And as you know, I'm sure you would have seen this. It's been all over the news the last couple of weeks. And that's this is why I thought it would be fitting right now to release this conversation. But many scientists are talking about how we're in a state of global emergency and life on Earth is in crisis. Crisis, And scientists agree that we've entered a period of, of abrupt climate, climate breakdown and we're in the midst, midst of sort of a mass extinction of our own making. So this is a very sort of, um, I know it's a lot as um, sort of, came forward in this conversation over the last couple of weeks and this conversation was recorded about two months ago now so even in my own self my own my own understanding of this conversation has got a lot much better i think you have to always remember that sometimes when i do these conversations um sometimes when i do these podcasts these are sort of for sometimes two or three three months months behind because obviously i have to backdate the content to make sure that i'm keep doing keep having enough conversations for you guys and stuff as you as you know so a lot lot in my own own understanding of certain topics can change vastly i mean my own my opinions and my understanding of topics change daily never mind monthly or yearly so this is so i would definitely i just want to sort of um, paint a bit of picture of my position and where i'm at now as I, as i mentioned this was recorded quite a while ago so so a lot has definitely gone on in this sort of in this whole sort of climate change conversation over the last couple of months. There's a lot of controversy on either side of the things, and a lot of sort of different points of views coming forward to the table. So it's hard to find a position where to start where to start this um, before we dive into this conversation. I do think it's important to just 
break down a couple of these points and if you want to just jump in straight to the conversation just um, sort of skip this podcast maybe six or seven minutes from now but I just wanted to give I just thought it was fair to give a little bit of a breakdown anyway so I definitely feel that looking around at the world as you know a lot of people are protesting which I definitely think is good but in my opinion as well, I definitely do feel that we have the technology to turn this all around now. I think it's more about shifting our perspective and putting our attention in the right areas. And it's also clear to say as well that I think that we're focusing all of our attention on climate change and not pollution. I think we're focusing too much on the data and not looking at the real polluters and systems that hold up sort of the big polluters on the planet, as you know, big companies and people like that. I also read an article the other day as well that the, um, the US military is the biggest polluter in the in terms of um, how much pollution they spread as many as in comparison as many as another as co- comparison as many as 140 countries which i think is absolutely mind-boggling there's also a lot of discussion around whether um, gretna Th- thunberg is actually a shill or not and whether she's a government informant and obviously that is very debatable and what is going on there there's also a lot of conversation around what is the actual cause of all this and um, how much is actually human impact versus something that has always happened. Well, as you know, in this podcast conversation, I've, I've um, spoke about many different um, systems of the ancient cultures and how they understood that celestial cycles always change, which impacts climate change. And they always talk about how climate has always changed on the planet. You just have to look into the work of uh, Ronald Carlson and Graham Hancock, who talk about the Younger Dryas and how um, climates have always changed and cl- changed on a sort of a, a very quick period as well throughout the throughout the human existence. So that is definitely clear to see that climate has always changed. But then again, it still seems to me that there is things going on and things going on within the climate that doesn't doesn't add up. So it's hard to try and position yourself in a in a place where it's not about taking taking sides. It's about just actually trying to place yourself in a position to really see what's going on. And it's really hard to do that when you've got the media has a certain agenda, corporations have agendas, certain people have tendencies and biases in certain areas. And it really is hard to try and find out what the hell is really going on. And I, I'll definitely still think that I'm still in that position. I'm still trying to figure out what is what the hell really is going on. And that's not just for this topic, it's for every topic. But in this topic in particular, it really is a tricky one because I think our attention is being pulled all over in many different directions. So what I am going to say though is regardless of all the different um, controversy of this topic... I mean, from my own opinion, it's definitely clear to see, and I'm sure in your own life as well. I mean, you might be different. I can't speak for you, but it's definitely clear for me anyway to to look around at the world, the Monday world, and the state of things. It really is shocking. I mean, it's clear to see that for me, for me on my own personal level, regardless of what data I'm seeing, it's definitely clear, clear to see that the climate is shifting in some way. Whether, like I said, whether that is um, certain, whether that is uh, due to it's always been doing that, or whether it's human, um, human brought on, who knows? But it's definitely clear to see to me that something is shifting. It's clear to see that we're pumping shit into the sky, into the sea, into the ground, into the oceans. Bee populations are fading. Butterfly migrations have stopped. Species are going extinct. Trees are being cut down all over the world. I mean, I just like I said, I've just done a bushcraft up Scotland. Trees were being cut down all over the place. Every year, trees are being cut down. I mean, just go for a walk around your local area, and you'll see that trees are being chopped down and being processed for money. 
Ice caps are melting. I read an article the other day about how an ice cap the size of Los Angeles it just it just came off um, from Antarctica. And all this is going on. And as you know, governments are looking away while their sort of pockets are being, being aligned in many different areas. Energy companies are fracking the earth. We had the Dakota pipeline. We, we know all this shit's going on. We, do, we are doing stupid stuff. And it's clear to see that something does need to happen. And something does need to go on. So that is really why that this I think that this podcast is 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 a is a time now where it needs to be put out because I think it's more for me anyway. This conversation is more about a statement saying that something has to be do- done. We know that we're not. We we know that the problems are a lot bigger than just little things. We know that there's so many different things going on, and we know that we have to do something about it. It's clear to see that our own. Our, on a personal level, our own actions are definitely causing implications, but also at the same time, corporations are not doing anything about it. And I do think we're in a time now where we we need to really stop just squabbling amongst ourselves. We need to actually come together and really find a solution. I mean, the interesting thing is, is that we all depend on this planet, yet we fail to understand how to protect it. And if we look back through all our time, all civilizations have fell and why should this civilization be any different and hopefully this civilization can be different but i think to do that we really have to sort all our own shit out and i think it's going to be really hard to do that there's so many so much um so many bias different biases different polls going on from all over the place so i am hopeful even though it sounds a bit negative so anyway i hope you enjoy this conversation and I do feel that we need to get all the arguing out of the way and really I do feel it is now time to look at some solutions and try and take action on many different fronts so anyway I hope you enjoy this conversation and like I said I did have to ramble a little bit because I wanted to paint a bit of context to where I'm at so I hope you understand on that if you disagree or agree that's absolutely fine I completely respect that so I hope you enjoy this conversation. I really can't fully can't remember what we talked about. It's been a bit of a while now and I've had a reboot in nature. So my mind is a bit desensitized from the podcast. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this conversation. And next week on the podcast will also be another amazing conversation. I really do have some crackers of conversations coming up in the near future. If you can, as always, support the podcast through the Patreon page or the one-off donation option. It is the best way to help me to keep doing what I'm doing. I am in a time now where I really do need your help. So all I'm asking is you, if you can, please check out the Patreon page and the one-off donation option. So anyway, without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Dr. Gail Bradbrook. Enjoy, people. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I've really wanted to have a conversation with you for a long time now. Really, such an insp- inspiration, the things that you're putting out in the world as well. But just to start this the conversation off, I would love for you to sort of describe what the Extinction Rebellion is, for just for people who don't really understand the concept of it. 
So Extinction Rebellion is a social movement, I guess, focused on the ecological crisis. So we talk about climate change and the ecological crisis. Climate change is a particular piece of it, but we know in the sixth mass extinction event, uh, life on Earth being killed by Mm. human activity. And we have used some specific organising techniques to try and get a social movement off the ground. But we've also invited people to face their grief of, of these times. And we have three demands. One is that the government uh, should tell the truth about the depth of the crisis we're in, and that means reversing policies inconsistent with that truth. The second is that we want net zero carbon by 2025 and a halt and reversal of biodiversity loss. And then how do you go about that? Well, we don't push any particular policies as Extinction Rebellion. We say we want a citizens' assembly that is people chosen uh, randomly by a process called sortition, and they would uh, be taught critical thinking skills and, and, and have experts and be guided into thinking what they think the best policies are. That's cool. That sounds really good. If you if you if that does get momentum, that'll be such a powerful thing for the planet in general. Well, you... well, actually, to an extent, each of the demands have moved forward. So the government announced a climate emergency. However, they're not they're they're pressing on with all the madness with the fracking and the aviation. It's not really telling the truth. They've uh, updated their targets to 2025. It's way too late and it's not just to people in uh, majority world countries. And they've also announced a citizens' assembly, but it's not legally binding and it's based on that other target. So uh, it's progress on all those fronts, but it's not the achievement. But nevertheless, what we would say is that the Overton window has been shifted. You know, the concept of public discourse Mm. has moved and there was literally a spike uh, in April uh, during the Extinction Rebellion where people said that they believed that the environment was a, a major issue, that that public awareness has massively shifted. What was the sort of the overarching theme that really sort of drives you with this work that you do? Gosh, that's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. I've always been interested in how things change and uh, social change since literally since I was nine. Uh, I was involved early on in the animal rights movement and for me... I guess, like, the best part of myself is a kind person. I'm not always like that or anything, but I, I uh, long for life to be lived in a really good way. So I think that drives it. I love that. And in terms of sort of the, the ecological uh, pressures that we face, could you sort of dive into some more of them just to give people a context of what's really going on? Well, so there were five extinction events in the past. People have often heard of the one with the dinosaurs when an asteroid hit the planet. Even that one, and certainly the other four, it, from what you can tell from the geological record is that they were CO2 was implicated. Greenhouse gases were emitted really quickly, either through, like, say, a volcanic event, and then they create all these tipping points and runaway events. So uh, the methane clathrates, the frozen methane in the ice, got released in what's called the methane dragon, and then the oceans acidified. And you, in the worst extinction event, the Permian-Triassic extinction, you had 97% of all life on the Earth died. And some of the things that we're doing now, the heat of the planet and the carbon emissions, are, I've heard that they're worse than those times. So that's we, we already know what would kill us all off. You know, when the mass die-off happens, you get hydrogen sulfide gas released. and um, So there's that. <laughs> the idea that we're like literally fucking killing ourselves. Yeah. Uh, the biodiversity loss from, you know, chopping down uh, forests and uh, the um, trawling the oceans and so on. 
You've got the ocean acidification that's seen as the evil twin of climate change. The carbonic acid levels in the oceans are going up and sea creatures stop being able to make their seashells and that's how the oceans breathe for us. They're the mm. lungs of the earth even more than the forests. You've also got the degradation of soil uh, that, you know, in this country, in the UK, we think there's only 30 to 40 years left of fertility in the soil. The um, I you know, can go on, but you know the pollution of air and water and soils as well by particulates and uh, plastic and um, you know there's, there's also sort of bigger particles and uh, toxins and so on. I mean, it's a, it's a mess. Yeah, it <laughs> we are living in a way that doesn't work for this planet. There's some some as I say, the operating system that we're running doesn't work for us. Yeah, it's funny because we sort of we put I think we, as a civilization we put ourselves in this bubble, uh, but and a. Bubble, a bubble, sorry, and I think we we believe that we're just sort of this. We're, we're more intelligent than we've ever been on the planet. It just kind of be so much more wrong. I really. think we're very numb a lot of the time. Actually, I think for me, we live in a really death phobic culture. When you look at indigenous traditions, and we're meeting here in the psychedelics conference, breaking convention, and there's a lot of talk, obviously, about the use of psychedelics, which is part of certainly my part of my journey. But I think probably in my understanding anyway the the stronger bit of the indigenous wisdom is really honoring your ancestors who those who went before you and thinking about the next seven generations or as they call it the children's fire and if you see your own life in that context you'll see yourself as part of life you know that you have a role to play just here for a short time whereas in sort of western consumerism it's all about you it's fucking deeply narcissistic right i mean i own that as well you know it's just like "Mm, i need this i need that it's just it's a you know like a sort of bottomless pit of of want uh, as a westerner it's very very toxic have you seen that cartoon of this guy there's like this white guy and he's got like somebody from Africa giving him like uh, gold, somebody from like South America giving him coffee and some chocolate and there's a woman giving him porn and he's just been stuffed full of all this stuff. It's a really powerful image and he's just sat there looking miserable as fuck. Yeah, I've, I've seen some sort of uh, metaphors like that yeah. on sort of um, social media and things. A good, you raised a good point there because with this this whole thing that you stand for within my own self i feel my own my own actions and i'm trying to question what are my own actions doing to the planet as well a question i would love to sort of try to try to sort of dive into would be the the concept of because a thing that i'm i'm asking myself is this is this on an individual basis or is it or is this going to is the real change going to come from sort of like government legislations government policies it's definitely in my opinion collective mm-hmm. individual actions matter on a couple of bases so like uh, 50% of all emissions are done by 10% of the world's population and if they would lower those people would probably include you and I but or have stopped flying and so on but you know if we would lower our emissions to that just of the average european emissions would go down by a third Mm. So the high emitters really, really matter. Uh, also, there's a degree of personal integrity here, isn't there? You know, it's a, it's a thing to talk about caring about the world and then and then be involved in, in in damaging things. However, I think that you can really tie yourself up in knots with that stuff as a mother two boys and busy and I'm trying to organise um, vast amounts of emails and all that. It's, sometimes it's just really tricky to be on the details of, of a life that's lived more honourably and in that way it's the age of hypocrisy and whenever I'm getting interviewed and they ask me have you got a car yes I have you know I live in a rural community getting kids to football matches or whatever but of course there's lots of lift sharing by the way but um, yeah we're, we're doing this damage 
so individual choice to the extent you can make it but I think also to me how you do that matters are you doing it as an act of integrity or are you doing it from like some self-righteous position or from like self a feeling of um, almost self-abuse you know like yeah. I must do this thing so I've been in all those landscapes the change is going to come through collective action so even if you know you had those emitters a third of emissions that's cool but that's not what we need to do we have to draw carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere that needs government in- intervention uh, policy changes in a big way and there is no political will to do that or very little and the way you generate political will if you look at any of the social sciences in any detail is through mass civil disobedience uh, and so really the question is like are, are people willing to participate in a rebellion do they have that ability and not everybody does you know mm. it, there's a level of privilege to do that I'm talking as a white westerner here in other yeah. countries um, indigenous people and other folks are on the front lines of their communities defending their lives and actually 200 activists get killed every year in other countries defending their land so I'm, I'm bringing a particular perspective yeah oh, and there's so many points there I'm just trying to think in my mind where to take it but just on the, the sense before when you were speaking about seeing you were obviously putting forward that yes you you still drive a car you still live a normal life and things it's funny because what I've noticed in the, in the the realm of this here because you're sort of pushing this um, activism forward and things and pushing these trying to make change on the planet what I've noticed is I mean you've recognised this is the media will try and jump on your sort of your, they'll try and find little nuances in the way that you live live your life and they'll try and sort of say you're trying to change activism but what are you doing this for And but the, the thing is they're missing the bigger the bigger concept is that on this planet as human beings we're all, we're all not all of us but a lot of us who are making change at the same time of trying to sort ourselves out we're trying to recognise the bigger picture and trying to move the chess pieces but I just noticed that the media will sort of try and use anything anything against you to I, I, discredit I, the whole movement I know I, I, I don't think that one sticks that well yeah. especially if you just own it and say yeah because I, 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 I would genuinely say I think I'm probably better than most people in terms of my footprint mm. you know and some of the things that I've done you know like I've uh, done an eco renovation on my house and stuff but uh, yeah, you, you just, you'll soon find me wanting. And I've got a friend, uh, Donica McCarthy, who's an incredible activist, who's you know got like a compost loo in his to- in his own house and stuff. Who's really on on the on the detail of that. And uh, he'll just be seen as some weirdo. Uh, they've once made a program about how he um, or an article about how he, he he only showers once a week or something to yeah. save what. So you, you can't win on that one. Yeah, and that's the point I usually make to the interview. Whatever I say, I'm going to be wrong here. So. Yeah. If I was perfect, you'd be thinking I'm just some hair shirt back to the caves person. So yeah, it's, it's a boring point, really. Yeah, I wanted to uh, talk about the the solutions. What do you? How do you foresee some of the solutions playing out? And what do you? How would you foresee we can actually really make change? Well, so I mean, it so it depends at what layer you see the problem. So that so, uh, yeah, so, so, I mean, I you know, there's the, yeah. so there's problems at a policy level, yeah. isn't there? What 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 policies we're running, and I can talk about that. But in all honesty, like the prop, this is a spiritual issue, in my opinion, and we don't have to use that word because it's loaded. And you know, if you want, if you're atheist, call with me. Yeah. You know, but I mean, 
the, the, the definition of patriarchy or white supremacy in a capitalist system is, is, is one of scarcity, separation and powerlessness. Mm-hmm. And so it's like addressing those issues in our movement and as individuals that's really like the solution, in my opinion. So the political power lies in the collective. That's sort of Hannah Arendt's political theory and others. And so how are we together? Do you trust me if we get on the streets together? Can we hold our non-violent discipline when we're organising meetings? Are we going to get in some drama? Try All this stuff really matters, right? And then when you're talking like at a planetary level about what could be done uh, to change things, as I say, XR doesn't take any uh, policy position. So anything I say now is like my own personal opinion, but because uh, some people would be saying, let's have lots more nuclear power. I personally wouldn't agree with that, but... Um, but a lot of the things in the crises, like the biodiversity loss and the climate change, they have the same solutions as well. So f- working with nature is is the big thing that excites me. Uh, we still probably need some technical solutions as well. I'm not against them with the precautionary principle, but you can capture an awful lot of carbon in soil, um, a healthy, a healthy, fertile soil. So changing the food system is really uh, crucial. Obviously, we've got to move towards renewable energy, but mostly it's about reducing what we do. So the way I would message it, I guess, is that we have to stop harming and start repairing. Mm. And that means a kind of like contraction in the busyness of our lives and being more in our communities and getting on with this work. I think it'd be good fun, a lot of it. Yeah, like uh, that's a great concept. And a question I'm, I'm trying to sort of play with in my mind is how do we infiltrate sort of the... The government legislation have you sort of questioned that in your mind how can you really get into the the grasp of the government legislation because because ultimately a lot of what obviously a lot of conversations i have on the podcast a lot of this um i know you've seen it's obviously part of the collective and stuff but there's a lot of um we we know who a lot of the decision makers are on the planet and where it's being infiltrated from it's obviously um sort of the, the elite of the world are making these decisions and they're not changing the policies in the aim of greed and things like that can we can 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 a movement really sort of um, inf- infiltrate that legal structure and enforce force change? Well, it's happened in the past. Yeah. You know, look in other countries, you know, especially in the global south. Mm-hmm. What people do is they get on the streets and they don't leave until the government mm-hmm. either does what they yeah. want or leaves. And it's a really weak government. So, Extinction Rebellion will be back on the streets in on October the seventh. And it will depend if people join us in sufficient numbers with an absolute determination to stay there and be there, uh, even if they get arrested and so on. Just to say not everybody has to get arrested, you know, it's yeah. just a choice. Um, it's not right for everybody. So, I, again, it, I just keep bringing it back to us and the movement. It's, it's not really... There's a very few people that keep this system tightly in place, you know, as in, yeah. are in those decision-making positions. Um, we have been in meetings with government, by the way, and um, they know they know how bad it is. They do know. And do you do you, do you think that the the governments of the world are going to get a position where they they they're going to? I mean, it's clear to see, obviously, off the evidence that they're going to be either, they're going to either have to make a decision now or they're going to be forced in the future. Do you do you foresee them actually in over the next couple of years actually 
trying to well the, you know this democracy is not working right this yeah, the, the, the form of democracy mean, i've got a video out there's called 15 ways to fake a democracy because it just when you look at the sort of you know games cambridge analytica were playing the yeah, overspending on 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 uh, elections changing bounds blah 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 the role of the media i mean they're just it's not really a very functioning democracy so it's not working for us you could call it a plutocracy or a corporatocracy so as people recognise there's an emergency, as the way Dougald Hines put it, who who's from the Dark Mountain uh, place, that some of the environmentalists went and really faced the grief, actually. But so the way he says it is, um, we can go in the direction of less democracy or more. That we, we won't, it can't stay how it is. So less democracy is fascism, and in all honesty, that's the most likely thing that's going to happen. You can see there were 14 indicators of fascism. It includes things like the re-rising of sexism, xenophobia, increased militarism. It's all happening. Uh, and the, the, that'll, that'll be increased wars, fighting over resources, a decrease in um, human rights and in public liberties and all that sort of stuff. Or you go the direction of more democracy, which would look like a lot more local people's assemblies, citizens' assemblies, um, other forms of participatory, you know, budgeting. What you know, what I mean, there are lots of people yep. who focus on that uh, area, and uh, obviously, Extinction Rebellion are wanting to go in the direction of more democracy. Have you ever questioned how we can sort of um, create a, a better emotional response amongst, amongst society in general? So that's really been at the heart of Extinction Rebellion. I think part of the reason why we've grown is because we said quite early on that facing these times really is a absolute significant piece of the work. I have been an environmental activist for quite a few years. I've been arrested at a fracking site, an incinerator site and so on. And um, it wasn't until August last year that I started to go into quite a meltdown <laughs> as I was getting the talk together for XR to just to sort of tightening up some of the science. And I really wove in this idea that you know, grief and trauma needed to be faced as part of it. And I think it makes all the difference because you can know this stuff intellectually and it just in that bit of your brain, you can sort of reject yeah. it and move on. When you feel it in your body, I mean, when you really feel it, like you look, you know, from a distance at this blue planet and know that it's full of the most incredible life. And as far as we know at the minute, the only intelligent life in the universe hurtling through space so amazing and we're killing it off you know like it, it should shake us yeah. to the core that and when you feel that you i know it's common in extinction rebellion for people to go through a an emotional process looking into the abyss of despair and it's a it's a form of initiation you know charles eisenstein said recently that all moments of initiation have a have a moment of deep despair before they make the turn Daniel Pinchbeck's written about that maybe the environmental crisis will be the trauma that will shift human consciousness. So I, I think that the emotional side, and some people would call it the rising feminine, wouldn't they? You know, that, and obviously I'm not talking just about women here, I'm talking about all genders, but the, the, the bringing forwards of the idea that emotion, honesty, truthfulness, and intuition is also useful things alongside the intellect. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you. I mean, we we're, that, that's been a big theme of this, of this sort of this whole convention has been that sort of how do we, how do we sort of open up that feminine aspect within all of ourselves because it's it's clear to see that the the world's very sort of um, male dominant sort of I would say very much in the ego and that's caused a lot of problems on the planet 
Um, so, so, do you, so do you foresee in the future where do you, do you think it's it's more of a sort of as a society as a whole we need to sort of come to more terms with that sort of feminine aspect of ourselves and retry and shift the balance really because cult, like as we know indigenous cultures in the past and things like that they had we off um, certain speakers like um, um, Bruce Parry and uh, Gia Griffiths who I spoke to yesterday they all speak about how these cultures had this indigenous cultures of the past had this sort of um, had them had had that feminine balance built within their society do you do you foresee that in the future where we need to it's coming it's that? here yeah. you know it's arriving yeah, it and uh, I think the Dalai Lama said that the change will come from western women oh, I don't know if that's the case but uh, I, I'm in my what you call the perimenopause at the minute which is the the bit before the actual change and I hear from postmenopausal women that they really don't give a fuck anymore yeah. and I think there's a reason why um, older women are, are, are held silent and in um, invisibility and because they are you know some of the most pokey yeah. <laughs> kick-ass people in there on the planet the grandmothers I can, I can feel it from you as well yeah you know it's coming it's coming <laughs> you don't want to mess with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fun it's fun it's mischievous you know it's not it's I, I've seen I know I'm just going to talk about men and women now and I know there's other genders and it's beyond just that but I've seen like men getting it wrong and women just in their power just steering it in a hold you know holding yeah. it and just going hey let's just move you over here and it is not kind of uh, vicious although there is a you know a, a part of uh, feminine rage that's um i think you sort of learn it as a mother as well yeah. you know how to hold that um but yeah i think i th- I, th- I, th- I think i think that um ability to feel is really important i i don't know what men's work looks like what what work men need to do and i again i was apologizing you sound very gendered about this stuff but or on the masculine or however you want to name it but um i always feel moved when i know that men are doing that and trying to figure that out because like when women get together i hold this moon circle with other women we get together once a month with a full moon proper stroud normal stroud behavior and with a <laughs> fire and a bit of smudging and then we're in you know chatting and it's it's kind of easy for women to be honest to to meet each other and to process what we need to process and our another real gift uh, i think in the feminine is um is having a, a monthly cycle because it it kind of puts a lens on different bits of your emotional landscape so i literally have a day when i feel anxious another one where i feel regret another one where i feel um angry <laughs> another one a period when i'm super horny and creative and i just think i can do ten thousand things i mean you have all these different personalities and um when you when you tune into it you can really it, it doesn't make things up guys yeah. get a period tracker yeah. app for your women in your <laughs> yeah. life <laughs> but um it it does help you to kind of address a lot of the landscape in in your bodies which is why i think when you know young women are being pushed to get on the pill and stuff they should sort of really check in with themselves if they want to numb out that wisdom in their bodies yeah and i'm completely with you on that and i mean i think society in general tries to sort of it's more of a sort of a inner it's a inner inner knowledge that they in like tune in them inner cycles within your body and i think society in general what i've noticed is it tries to sort of I mean, it ties into the, what everything ties into each other, but the whole the whole environmental um, issues mm. is just it's this 
hammer and nail it's just keep going forward bang 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 but that comes from if you go right to the base level of 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 your own individual life Mm -hmm. and you look at all the processes that's going on around you psychologically your environment everything and you it's it it is it's that it's that fast pace bang 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 it's not it's a 24 hour day we don't honor the seasons and i think that's why you know i sort of identify the sky yeah god's sake yeah you know totally it's all about separation isn't it um, I mean, I think the the thing is, it's miserable. <laughs> and um, when you look at sort of some economic indicators like productivity, you know, it's a sort of how much input you mm. put, put in for how much output you get. The UK is this 10 year, they call it the productivity uh, gap or mystery or whatever, because they've got no idea why. I'm, <laughs> am I? I don't know. I'm not an economist. Yeah. I've studied it. But I think it's because people, you know, I'm into David Graeber's sort of idea of bullshit jobs and stuff like that. They just get people doing crap. And anyway, what I'm trying to say really is I think the I'm veils have fallen away. Yeah. Everybody knows this. is Pretty much everybody knows this is bullshit. So either they're just going to carry on doing what they're doing, hoping for the best. And we've, we all have an aspect of ourselves that are doing that. Yeah. But there's, um, you know, the, the shift in consciousness in spiral dynamics is called to sort of teal consciousness, isn't it? And a sort of part of that is being purpose-driven and the more people can really feel a sense of purpose in their life, it, which, I, you know, is a joy in my life to feel that. Um, I don't kind of give a fuck anymore in terms of, like, what might happen yeah. next month or next year because it's all happening now. It's in this moment and maybe next week extinction rebellion the collapse or i'll get shot or you know i'll die or i mean i don't know <laughs> it doesn't sound melodramatic but it doesn't matter in some ways you're here to do this thing and it, it feels um like an honor to be able to serve yeah you know? i think when you tune into that as well i mean i can see it from you it's, it's oozing from you but i think when you tune into that it is a really it's a powerful force when you when you're aligned with that sort of not what you said not giving a fuck sort of say it's a it really is a powerful thing because if you've got sort of if you use your knowledge around it which i can see you're doing you use your sort of you come from a place of um from your heart it's such a powerful force i mean it's it's on it, it is undeniable i mean people of all around the planet have sort of i mean i think that's what scares the, that's what scares that that energy that force that thing mm. that's oozes through all human beings i think mm. that's what scares the thing that holds up this whole thing doesn't really yeah yeah i think didn't mandela in his opening speech say it's our light not our darkness yeah. that frightens us i think by the way it's just in the, the last session that i was in was um about psychedelics and sort of african heritage african modalities like the boga from the gabon mm. with a guy from the buiti which is a honor to to meet uh, i did work with a boga one time um and you know, we're sitting here as two white people, and I think, I think there's a, a really significant piece of the jigsaw here, probably the one about the tear in the f- human family between white people, especially, and especially between white people and people of African heritage. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested in how we make that reconnection happen I was talking to some people today about potentially taking some of that into a ceremony and obviously it's systemic in terms of like having a, a system that's that's set up to perpetuate colonialism um, for, I mean the, the, the whole tax system globally is an extraction of wealth from 
essentially from people of colour to white people. I mean, they, they sort of talk about corruption in Africa and it's outrageous because actually, like in the tax justice movement, we talk about the pinstripe mafia, mm. the accountants and the lawyers and that keep this system going that's just literally sucking the life out of other countries. So there's like obviously like deeply systemic outrages that carry on the uh, transatlantic trade in, in slavery and in, in, under a different name, really. But... Um, at the heart of that, you know, is a is a disconnection between, um, in particular, white people and, and and other races. And I think, and until we've healed that on a really deep level, and for me, that that kind of sits as like when I can obviously like most of the time I'm not feeling it because this culture just fucking numbs it out. And then if I am, you sort of sit in the different versions of racism. Anyway, you know, like save your behaviour or fucking fragility whatever I mean it's a mess right but when you get past that stuff there's such a deep grief there there's such a deep grief and a desire to reconnect and I I feel like that's the the the, the most important you know talking about the rising feminine and all this business I think that's the most important healing work that gets done yeah uh, that needs to get done have you ever read the book um I think you mentioned his name before um Charles Einstein I think Einstein, it's called yeah. the book um secret economics he has a very interesting sort of um, sort of economic structure, how you can we can sort of decentralize the whole, the whole all the systems that sort of filter the world. Yeah, yeah. In that book, he covers a number of things, like from sort of citizens' basic income to tagging um, the economic system to the amount of resources in the world. You know, it used to be on the gold standard, and then you took it with like fiat currencies mm-hmm. into um, like it's not tagged to anything. Basically, just make money if you want it with a a little bit of restraint from sort of fractional reserve banking I'm actually showing off I realise <laughs> you know something about economics but sorry about that humility <laughs> but um, uh, yeah um, they're, they're just like I, I think that's the thing there, are, there is not a lack of imagination or, or ideas or things that could shift and change and there's loads of really cool economists you know the, there's this there's a report come out about Extinction Rebellion trying to make us look like a bunch of nutters because we question the economic system like surely it's a sane thing to question economic and political system that's killing us off but that's not the same as wanting to smash anything it's like what is it that we're doing that's useful you know what like uh you know if you read frederick lalou's work on reinventing organizations you have these teal businesses that are very purpose-driven and sort of do incredible work in the world and business is a really great way of getting things done if they're healthy and they're not driven by profit and uh, and um, extraction and so on so there is a that that, that tantalizing possibility of a shift to come and I, I i guess i think that like the the main thing for us to do is to think about where it sits within us this system because quite often when you're talking to people about social change, it's like, well, how are we going to reach the Daily Mail readers or the Fox News people? Or, you know, what about the, you know, lobbyists or whatever it is, you know, these other people who it's their fault. And I think, um, what is it in us that's not, that's getting in, in the way? Because that's where you've got agency. Yeah, and um, where's the place where we lack courage? And um, are not in our purpose, and 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 are feeling separated. Uh, and and again, you know, I see 
the act of civil disobedience as being something that can be very initiatory as well. You know, it's sort of, uh, and again, to honour the fact that it's not right for everybody to get arrested, you know, but for those of us that it's possible, especially in like a UK setting, that's what I know, I don't know about other countries, it's not that big a deal in all you know I, I have to as I say whenever you say that somebody's had a nightmare being arrested here black people have been killed in, you know it's not cool but for me as a privileged white woman it's really been fine in fact it's been quite amusing if I'm honest yeah, <laughs> um, and it's just something to get over like when you, you hear about people I had like 1,132 arrests in the April rebellion in the UK I think it, that I think they were UK figures um I am very UK centric, which is um, irritating to colleagues in other countries and apologies, colleagues in other countries. I am a child of the empire for sure. My brain works like that at times, but but I think I think this, uh, this message it's 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 bigger than that. It bleeds everywhere. Yeah, know? sure, sure, and it's, it's you've got it's, to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And how, how appropriate it should start in the UK, where we started this bloody nightmare off in the first yeah, place, exactly. right? I mean. Um, but obviously we, we just have to keep um, noticing the places we're not getting things right but yeah anyway in the UK you know sort of arrest is um, it's quite amusing and easy and you hear about people that have been through that process and who are, either have a dark night of the soul in the cells because they're on you know the monomyth you know the idea of the hero's uh, journey and oh the, yeah yeah, sort of, yeah. Um, the sort of uh, you know Star Wars or whatever type stories. It's not like everybody has their own personal version of that, don't they, when yeah. they step over a threshold. So that's what I mean about the initiation, you know, people yeah, I love go, that. Um, we're not having this anymore. Yeah, I love that. Just just one little, another aspect, because I, I would kick myself, I forgot to touch on this with you. So, because a lot of people who listen to these conversations are people who are completely aligned with what you, what you, what you're sort of, what you're standing for. People know that there's, we need to sort of make a change on the planet. But what I've noticed, and I've noticed this within myself as well, that there's this, because I travel around all different places doing podcasts with many different people. People who are, are looking into sort of living in vans, people who are sort of trying to travel, cycle the world on a bike, people who are just trying to find different alternative methods to really get away from the madness. But at the same time, people want really want to sort of um, people within that system, within the, the way the systems are set up, people are struggling to f- to find to find true alignment with that because the legislation in place prevents a lot of it. And what I mean by that is more in terms of say people growing their own foods with allotments and um, people wanting to get a piece of land and sort of live more sustainable i mean i've visited loads of eco villages and the struggles that they're going through to try and just even get a piece a plot of land which to be honest with you is a, is a natural right as a human being i feel yeah it's and it's just i just i just don't, I think I don't say anything i don't it's hard yeah. to you know, no you know no i know exactly what you're talking about well, i think i do i mean i think there's a few different aspects to that one is that when people are trying to seed the new ways it's important work that's getting done especially if you look at it through the lens of sort of morphic resonance or something that people are trying to uh, seed those changes and you know especially communities that are trying different ways of being together and how you resolve conflicts and so on but the whole system's set up against that happening so you're pushing water up a hill going against the tide or whatever of cliches I want to say I think also what I would so I on that hand I am honouring people's efforts to do that and have been involved in trying to get a community together it's difficult um, and you see people's reluctance to take that shift 
I think it's there is an inner shift that's needed, but there is also the reality of the economic system and how do you get money in your Definitely. life and so on. Another piece I would say is that my experience is if you're really in service to the universe, and it sounds like a real hippiest thing to say, and I know as it comes out my mouth yeah. <laughs> as a scientist, I'm, I'm like, you, you say that. You. but you know, if you're truly in service, I do feel, um, at least my experience has been one of being held and looked after. And again, I'm saying that from a position of privilege, but, um, and I think sometimes people who are trying to live in alternative ways, they are still carrying that bit, that system that's quite narcissistic, like everybody has is carrying that, isn't it, you know? Uh, the other thing I would say is that, you know, for some of that movement and shift, there is a rejection of politics. Uh, people find politics quite disgusting and, yeah. and distasteful. I'm, laughing, I'm in that kind of yeah, Well, don't be, because what does politics mean? I don't, I'm not talking about party politics. Politics means the system of governance. It's the system that is deciding how you get to live. It's telling you that you can't take psychedelic medicines without breaking the law. It's it's creating a debt-based system, which means if you want to get a house, you're fucked, you know, mm. whether it's renting or not. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm so with you, it's with completely... You. Politics is... And a political action isn't about voting i mean obviously it's a version of but it's like the least interesting thing political action is getting on the streets and saying i'm not putting up with it anymore um and so when people kind of get involved in setting up alternatives trying to be outside of the system i think yeah. do that and rebel you know yeah, we're like creating that, rebellions where you're yeah. because because um we know from like Erica Chenoweth's data that you need 3.4% of the population up to inactive participation to see a big social change. So in the UK, that's 2 million people. So we don't, it's not like everybody, like everybody don't have to have my job where I'm like getting 100 emails a day and it's yeah. a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. I'm just saying, come on the streets with us on October the 7th. You'll have the fucking time of your life. Yeah. a great time. So get on the streets with us and, and, and just be part of that push. It's like a birth is the way I feel as a mother is like you you all get together and you and you push and like so if your main thing that you're interested in is is like um you you know you know you're doing alternative media somebody else will be an alternative school system or permaculture or um a particular therapeutic path like that's all like needed Mm. for the new ways but we also have to birth the new ways otherwise you're fucked and if you really if you think about it when you stay on that individual path like i'm just doing this bit and you're doing that bit and sometimes think with Charles Eisenstein's message and it feels a bit like that everybody's doing these bits and this, as if somehow somehow it's all going to get magically come into the new world I think I don't see it as that I see it as this coming together at one point for the push for the transition I might be wrong but that's what I think the role of the civil disobedience is it's like someone else t- talked about it as a, like an inflammatory response in a body that's sick I love that yeah I think we should leave it there Really powerful podcast. Thank, Thank you. Fist you. Pump, I'm, fist I'm, pump. I'm 40, so I don't do fist pumping. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do a formal handshake. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thank you so much for your Thank time. You. Really You're powerful welcome. conversation. Thanks so much for checking out that conversation there. And as I know you could tell, Gail's passion really does come across. And regardless of them, of the, 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 the real problems or, the, or the, even the solutions to this conversation, it's definitely clear to see that something needs to be done and I think you can all feel that in your heart that us as human beings on an individual and on a global level, we really are fucking shit up on this planet. It's clear to see and I do feel that we know that we're all in a position where we can do we can do more in our own lives 
whoever it's even just recycling whatever whatever it bloody is i don't know what the cause is i'm trying to figure out what in my own life and i'm sure as you all are i mean i think what to do with this conversation as well i mean i think we're all walking around in our daily lives we have so many busy things the monday world we have so many things going on in our own lives we're trying to sort our own shit out on so many different levels but i do feel that we need to come together on a global sense and really try and sort this out because this is uh, this planet is beautiful it really is I, I know i know in your heart you know you feel the same way as i do as you look around at all the dis- destruction that that we are causing to this thing that human beings are causing this planet and it's clear to see that we do need to sort our shit out we need to put in more ecological and more environmental friendly things we need to start shifting our attention and putting our attention more in a, in a sort of clean clean and in renewable things for the planet it's clear to see i don't need to waffle on anymore but all i'm saying is that i am hopeful i do feel that us as a civilization we will pull through but we do need to get the gears going i know and i know that's for sure so just to play this conversation out because i am hopeful of human beings and i'm hopeful of all you guys because you guys give me hope every single week all the messages you send the amount of people that listen to these conversations there is people out there just like yourself who is wanting to change every single aspect of this life this planet this existence for the better so you guys give me inspiration every single day to keep doing this so just to play this conversation out this is a beautiful song it's called africa it's by an artist called marcus warner so anyway enjoy this song called africa i will catch you next week and let's just keep up the fight guys let's keep going <laughs> whatever we're doing let's keep going the po- let's put in the positivity so anyway i love you all peace out <laughs>